series one, episode 12. Hello and welcome to our Plain Jane Huddles podcast, a space for uplifting, informative and friendly conversations with industry leaders and tastemakers who share our love and passion for the events industry. This episode was recorded on Instagram Live in 2020. So let's jump in with our 12th huddle, where we chatted to Helen from Eventwell. Hi, Helen. Hello. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I'm a little bit croaky, I'm sorry. I've caught my son's nursery cold and now it's just kind of coming through. So hopefully my voice will last. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. (laughs) So I just wanted to start really quickly just by saying to everybody that's watching who's joining us, thank you so much for joining us again. We haven't done one of these huddles for a few weeks now, but um, um, we are delighted to welcome um, Helen Moon, the CEO and co-founder of Eventwell, which is the uh, mental health and well-being voice of the event industry. Um, And so hello, Helen, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. How did your event go? Yes, good, good. Good. Yes, yes. Good. So, You've got an um, event, that's good. <laughs> three today, three today, three Brilliant. events today. It's event wellbeing month, so a lot of yes, us are it quite is. active absolutely. this month. Yes, you are, so. absolutely. So thank you for squeezing us in. I know it was quite a last minute arrangement, but we were delighted that you're here to talk to us today. So obviously okay, things you. that are really, you know, topic that is really close to our hearts um, at Plain Jane, but, you know, also just really, really poignant at this moment in time, um, um, but also always obviously to be able to talk about our, our you know mental health our well-being in general so um i'll be totally honest with you i only really heard about and really started looking into event well actually at the start of covid funnily enough um so i know that you know you started in 2017 but could you tell us a little bit about um event well and what you are and what you do yeah so um well my, my name is helen moon i'm an event professional of 23 years Showing my age. Um, <laughs> I think I'm about the same. I think I'm about the same. So I think I'm 20, 22 years. <laughs> I'm 20, are they? They're yeah. all the same. Yeah. All right. yeah. Yes. You, you, you're not as weathered as me. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've got a good makeup on, babe. <laughs> <laughs> the grey hair is starting to come through again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll get mine done next week. Um, so, yes, there's, there's a couple of them have got COVID-19 written on them. They so totally I have, have. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I've got a little streak coming here. I thought I might have one of those little lightning bolts by the end of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, like Hannah from Frozen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I've, I've worked in events for 23 years. Um, I started in venue operations. Okay. I did that for 17 years. It's like venue operations for seven years. So I hotels and venues for 17 years. I, I spent 10 years in proactive sales. I've worked for the likes of Marriott and Park Plaza Hotels, Open mm-hmm. Riverbank Park Plaza. I was part of the Ooh. opening team for that. I've worked for the Barbican Centre. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've worked for some some bigger names out there in the venue world, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. I'm um, on planning my daughter kind of decided to switch sides because event operations, okay. I'm, I'm an operations freak. Oh, yes. Yeah. The best yeah. way to describe me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love. The best of us are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love an event operation, kind of throw me yeah. in event operation. And, I'm, you know, I'm in my element. Yeah. I, I, I love it. So I decided to go freelance. Okay. Requalify, retrain, um, and kind of now I've done mostly do marketing communications, event marketing, digital marketing, event planning, event organization, and, and, and freelance. Um, alongside, alongside being a mummy and doing event well. 
Well, I'm mostly doing event well at the moment. Okay. So I'm not yeah, doing any course. freelance stuff at the moment. <laughs> I, I do have, I do do some part-time work for um, a local charity because I live in Greenwich. So I do some, okay. some marketing communications work for Royal Greenwich Heritage Trust. So yeah. I work there. Okay. Um, but event well was founded in I don't know if it's me or whether it's Helen, but she's frozen for me. If anyone is texting, get used to that. Yeah, let me see if I can. Are you back? I think yeah. I wasn't sure if it was me or you, but you were. You yes, froze. I'm back. You're back. Okay, there good. We go. Just have to plug the phone in. There you can. That's that's oh, one okay, of those okay. days. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So Eventwell was founded in 2017. Yeah. Um, we're a social enterprise. We yeah. um. We've, we've basically founded in 2017 following that um, statement that came out from CareerCast at the end of 2016 that said event coordination was the fifth most stressful career. Yeah. Um, but we've worked in the industry long enough to know that, you know, pretty much it probably is. But to, to have aligned the industry above um, careers and, and jobs like firefighters and airline pilots and military personnel and police and stuff was a bit of a... We kind of question that because... Although it seems like it at times that events are life and death, they're not really. Um, you know, if, if, if an event, nobody's going to die. It's, it's Unless you true. have done your risk assessments. And that's very true, yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but no, nobody's going to no. die at an event, basically. You wouldn't want that happening. Um, but for but when you're time, in the thick of it, though, when you're in the thick of it, it, it does feel exactly. like you're just under it, don't you? Completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, completely. But, you know, the, the reality of the situation is, even before that statement came out, there's an awful lot of us in the industry that kind of knew that, you know, it is pretty stressful and there are people that struggle. Um, my personal story is I, I have bipolar. I've had it since I was 16, so I do make a kind of joke of it and kind of say the events industry didn't make me mentally ill, but it helps <laughs> at times that I am. Um, <laughs> did you know you were bipolar at the time? Did you like, or was it been later on, like diagnosed later? later? On. Yeah, later yeah. on. Yeah. So I, I, I was misdiagnosed for for twenty years, really, in terms of what my struggles were, because obviously I've, I've continued to work in the industry while struggling with bouts mm. of depression and stuff. And it was only in two thousand and nine when I experienced a, a catastrophic career burnout that I got my correct diagnosis in terms of what was wrong and and obviously work was a massive factor it wasn't just yeah. because i had bipolar work was a massive factor in that burnout and from then just started to make changes and just started to look at where i could make lifestyle changes mm -hmm. where i could look at life skills changes and then started to just think very differently about my self-care yeah um because that one because i have to because i have to manage a mental health condition but mm -hmm. i am what they term as a highly functioning individual with a mental health condition Okay. So most people wouldn't know. If you met me, you wouldn't know. You'd have no idea. It's really only the people who are very close to me yeah. that would have an, an awareness. Unless, yeah. obviously, you've heard me talking at an event because I'm very open about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I talk about it in the view that being open and honest about my struggles and my experiences will help others. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so even before that statement had come out, there was, there was myself who had my struggles. I... I know other people in the industry of mental health conditions and what their struggles are we tend to all we'll make a bit of a joke it's like you magnet to people naturally that seem to have the same struggles and have been through mm -hmm. similar experiences to you mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. call it a, a kind of the, the weird human connection that we all have yeah that sixth sense absolutely yeah definitely yeah. definitely well yeah, we yeah. i mean we are all connected at the end of the day aren't we in the in that energy sort of way so absolutely yeah. we do um we do kind of like warm to those people that are the 
closest to us in a weird sort of way. We do, yeah. So even you know, even before that statement came out, there were a few of us in the industry that that knew each other had a condition they were managing, or knew that each other suffered from depression, bouts of depression, mm-hmm. or were struggling, or anxieties and stuff. So we'd kind of, and a lot of us had had conversations for quite a while in terms of it would be amazing to start something for the industry that would change that attitude, that rhetoric that mm-hmm. was there for such a long time. And I apologise for any white men that are, are kind of watching this, but we do kind of say that that white, typical white man leadership that we saw at the top of our industry for a long time where the rhetoric was toughen up, get over it, mm-hmm. you can't hack it, go and work in another industry. There's plenty of people that want your job. Yes, exactly. If you don't do it, somebody else will. Yeah. Usual statements like that. And then the yeah. glorifying of long hours. Oh, I've done every day. I've done 16 hours last week. I've, I've survived four hours sleep. I've only had four hours sleep yeah. last night. I've done events yeah. back to back. I've not had a holiday in two years. You know, it's the typical stuff we can going. It, it is. That was my really? story for a long time. In a long time, that was my story. You know, my it was just crazy, isn't it? And and like yeah. like we said, I've been here in the, in the industry for sort of twenty two years now. And and it's funny actually. Back then, when I first started, you know, you don't. Um, there was. There was it was it was like a party atmosphere like kind of thing wasn't it more than that for me yeah. for what I did Work I was hard, in play part, hard. yeah totally I was in I was from a, uh, instead of the venue background I was from the private events background um yeah. ridiculous sums of money ridiculous budgets you know you were playing with and you were ordering you know like champagne left right and center for clients and you were living this I mean I was on a pittance but living this champagne lifestyle you know on a beer budget myself and you do and there was a lot of drinking there was a lot of smoking there was a lot of you know um, hanging out after the party had ended very little sleep. Um, and all of that actually just covered up. And, and like you say, you do, I do know lots of my friends and my peers in the industry who have suffered. Um, and, but we didn't really realize that at the time, you know, and, I, and that's the difference I think between then and, and, and now, I think, especially with being the way people are talking about it so much more down that's, to people like yes. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. We like to think that we're trailblazing the way. So we're yeah. marking the path for others to follow. And that's yeah. the movement that we want to create. Yeah, yeah. so that, that people can see that there's people in the industry that are talking about their mental health and well-being you know mm-hmm. it's okay to talk about your mental health because we all have mental health every yeah. single one of us mental yeah. health is not mental ill health no. you know, in the same way that you have physical health and you look after your physical health and, yeah. and you know we're all adults in our industry we all know the things that we should be doing to take better care of ourselves. None yeah. of this is rocket science. It's not, it's um, not, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's um, just like, it, I, I often talk to my, me and my, my boyfriend about this, you know, about, you know, just getting help in general and the stigma attached to asking for help, whatever is wrong, you know. And I, we had an issue with my little one not sleeping for a long time. I've got, I've got one little one, he's almost two. And, you know, it was, and I'm a, a late, a late starter. Um, and, um, it was, it was really, it was, I really, I, and so we, it, it was really hard, you know, and I thought I'd, I could do this. I've been in events for 20 years. I can damn a baby, you know, I, all these late nights and sleep deprivation, but it was really bloody hard. And I really had sleep deprivation. I really struggled yeah. and asking for help and getting a sleep coach was so hard for me to do um, and accepting that. And, and so just, you know, in, in comparison, it's really hard for some reason to ask for help. But as soon as you do, you're just like, oh, I mean, you ask for help if you yeah. want to get fit. You'd ask for help if you want a kind of like a new diet or if you or if you were learning French, you know, you'd ask for help. Okay. So why do we you feel that we can't do it? No, you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't give yeah. it you wouldn't give it a second thought if yeah. you wanted help to help you with your physical health. Yeah. You wouldn't give it a second thought to tell somebody you've broken your leg. You wouldn't give it a second yeah. thought to tell people you've got a cold or flu. No. Right? You just wouldn't at all. Yeah.
Yeah. I just wouldn't think about it at all. No, but for wouldn't. some reason, with mental health, and you know what? It's it's not it's not from a personal perspective, individual's perspective, from our perspective. It, it's not our fault no. because that culture has been created on in our industry that's preventing people, and there's still cultures within event businesses in our industry mm -hmm. that prevents people asking for help. Yeah. And it's because of the way that in historically people with mental health conditions have been treated by society really mm -hmm. so it's not even the event industry's fault mm -hmm. either to be honest yeah. with you it's a societal belief i mean then the old the people who had mental health conditions they'd be locked away in institutions and forgotten about and stuff you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. and Very it's true. a picture that media presents of people with mental health conditions you know mm -hmm. stories from the u.s where some madman's gone into a church and he shot a load of people if they have a mental health condition, that's always the first thing they say mm -hmm. You know, and then and, and incidents that have been in the UK. You know, you know, people with mental health conditions are actually more at risk of harming themselves than they are of, of anybody else. I can believe that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The yeah, number yeah. of mental health conditions that have actually physically hurt another person, it's under one percent. It's that small. It's tiny. Wow. You know, you're more at risk. You are more at risk to yourself if you've got yourself into or your health is taking you into a situation where you're having suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. And this is, well, we have to think about men's mental health in this. Mm -hmm. We've got a session, course, yeah. uh, we've had a session talking about men's mental health. You know, it, it's really important. This, this man up, get over it. Don't show your emotions kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's so dangerous and damaging for men's mental health. Mm -hmm. um, we've got death by suicide last year was at the highest level that it's been in two decades. Wow, last year. really? And that was pre-lockdown. Oh my goodness. Um, and it's, it's increased, it's got higher. Scary, isn't it? But one of the things that they're not talking about during this pandemic is they're not talking about the number of deaths by suicide. And death mm -hmm. by suicide is actually one of the biggest killers across most demographics, but we just don't yeah. talk about we it. We don't talk about so it, So yeah. you're a mum, I'm a mum. We've both got young children. My, my little girl's only four, so I had her when I was 42. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it, it's... Death by suicide in new mothers is the highest statistic of death really? in new mothers. Yeah, but we don't I talk about it. We don't because at all. there's that stigma associated with it. Yeah. Well, you've got a new baby. You're supposed yeah. to be happy. How dare you be depressed? Yeah. yeah. And it stops. It's that societal belief and view stops people from accessing, asking for the help and stuff mm -hmm. that they need. Yeah. And we just need to, we just need to move to a position of better understanding compassion and empathy because that's mm -hmm. going to help people to get the support and once we see that size society is changing you know it is stigma is changed by better understanding and compassion and just you know supporting each other and looking out for each other and so letting people know when they're struggling because it, it will take a while before we really 100 sort out the, the stigma issue and it will always be there for some people it will always be there because yeah, it's a difficult thing to ask for help is a difficult thing it is absolutely but and it's but it's amazing what can come if you do ask isn't it and i know from my experience having you know reached out to a to a, to a life coach a, a few years ago and the difference it made to the quality of my life and my yeah. mental health you know it's, it was huge and i didn't even realize that the impact impact it was going to have you know um mm -hmm. it was just that kind of like i'm a bit confused at the moment and you're just like oh yeah. okay and everything just starts making sense and you and you start able to kind of like go in to then come back out again, which is just such a wonderful feeling if you actually do end up talking to somebody. Um, what, so have you seen like, have, in, have you seen health and wellbeing change in the event industry? Like, uh, um, you know, since the start of event well, and I guess, you know, obviously more recently with COVID, there's another, another 
you know, ball game. But how have you seen it change? What's, you know, has it been quite drastic? Has it changed quite a lot? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, on the on the the worrying side, concerning side. I mean, we already had an industry that saw one in three of its mm. professionals struggling every day with yeah. their mental health. Yeah, you know, so that was already a worrying statistic. Shocking. Yeah, Bentwell actually wrote. We wrote to the Prime Minister at the start of lockdown, expressing our concern for them locking down the industry and the mental health impact that that would have. We didn't necessarily get the response back that we wanted, but I think we've got the back the the kind of template response that yeah, uh, we're investing money in mental health services and all of that um but we we at the, the very start we were concerned about the impact um adult depression has doubled um we do have a re report we do, we're doing some research at the moment that we've carried out right the way through event wellbeing month so look out for that in october because we'll be okay. releasing the report and the white paper on that and that that one in three has increased slightly from what we can see already really? Um, we can see that a general percentage of people that have been made redundant across the industry, yeah. people have lost their jobs, their businesses. So we've mm -hmm. got those statistics and stuff coming in. We'll be releasing yeah. that in October. Right, and the okay. impact and what, what we'll be doing then, obviously, is matching that and the impact on people's mental health, emotional health yeah. as well, um, yeah. and physical well-being, overall well-being from an holistic approach. Yeah. Um, well, they're it, just all so intertwined, yeah. aren't they? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Things you do yeah. to look after your your body impact on your mind as well yeah you yeah know? absolutely yeah, yeah. Your, your, your brain is your mothership you need to yeah look after it you do you need um, to nurture it absolutely yeah and mental health impacts on your physical health as well yeah. so if you're not looking yeah. after yourself mentally you know it's not just death by suicide that's that's the the, the risk of poor mental health it's also heart disease through right. stress and yeah. excess cortisol and adrenaline and your heart beating faster and high yeah. blood pressure and stuff like that as well. So heart disease is, is linked to, to poor mental health. So we just need to think, we just need to start thinking a little bit smarter. Mm -hmm. Like I said, yeah. just stuff about sleep and exercise and, and nutrition. We all know what we should be doing really in terms yeah. of taking care of ourselves. So we yeah, just this need is... to start doing it. This but is the, 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 the this is what's good about I think about the the, the um uh, the event well which is normally a week but it's a month this year for obvious yeah. reasons which is really and there's so much to talk about and so many people out there who have got some really interesting things to say to help people and I think what's really been lovely and because we've been following you really closely at Plain Jane and we've been um doing our stories every every Tuesday we've been adding something to to the to the mix up from our point of view as well and and I think what's really good is just breaking it down for people because sometimes when you're in the thick of it you don't see the simple ways that you, you don't see how to break it down yeah. to help yourself. Yeah. So actually yeah. just breaking it down into those really simple kind of like points, which are what we, so we were talking about, um, uh, sleep, movement, uh, nutrition, and then taking action. If I missed something, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, so we, we did. breaking it down too. Yeah. But even from them, it's breaking it down even further. So yeah. that's why we've kind of done the seven days of, of sleep, seven days yeah. of movement, seven days of nutrition, nine days yeah. of action. So yeah. we've got those full 30 Brilliant. days. Yeah. And you know, but anything, like I was saying, we, we all know what we need to be doing, but what, in order to be successful, so don't think, oh, I want a healthier diet because you'll never achieve it. Kind of stuff. You'll just carry on the same, same, and you'll achieve mm. it for about four days and then you'll go back to your old ways. You've got to make it really, really simple and easy for yourself. Yeah. So if you want to improve your diet for a week, eat an extra piece of, of fruit and veg. Fruit. Yeah. yeah, for a week, make sure that you have fruit and vegetables with every meal that you have. Mm -hmm. So commit to that. Yeah. Commit to that for a week. Achieve it. Feel the positive energy that it gives you because you've achieved yeah. something. Yeah. And if you get the positive energy from achieve something, you're more likely to keep on doing it. 
you know what? I did that this like week. That positive energy that yeah. follows and want you to do it some more. That's so true. Do you know what? I did that this week with exercise. I haven't exercised since I had my baby properly exercised. You know, I haven't oh, got yeah. back into it again. And I'm, I'm really, I'm 43 years old. I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, tell me it as we all do. As, um, but, um, I, and I thought I've got to get myself back on track. And because it was getting me down, it is getting me down, you know, my, my weight, my size, it does get me down, you know. Um, and, um, and so this week on the, on, the, on the nursery one, I decided I'm just going to put my gym stuff on. I'm going to get my trainers back on again. I'm going to get my leggings back on again. And even though I'm not going to do much, I'm just going to get myself into my, into my clothes. It was a really small baby step. So I was talking to my sister about it. It was a really small baby step, but it made such um, a difference to me. By today, I ran him to nursery. We were, I was doing sprint runs with the buggy and he was like, faster sort of thing and I was like yes I can do this <laughs> and it's these small things that you as you say it kind of like kicks off those endorphins it makes you feel good and I didn't do very much so yeah, yeah you're absolutely right yeah it is you know baby steps just do baby steps yes, you yeah. know Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day and, no. it's and that's how yeah. you've got to approach your health just do those really simple steps achieve one one week your brain will love yeah. it you'll get that positive energy you'll feel really motivated yeah. and you'll keep on doing it yeah. you just need to remind yourself when you're yeah, learning absolutely. something new, when you're changing a habit, so when you're trying, trying to change unhealthy habits to healthy habits, you're trying to change a habit yeah. that has become ingrained. So you've got to give, give yourself a chance to do it, mm -hmm. you know? Let's stop being so hard on ourselves and making yeah. things really, really hard and difficult for ourselves. You know, it's the same with, with sleep, you know? Just do little small. Sleep is all about good sleep hygiene um and and having a nice routine sleep hygiene mm -hmm. is about having a nice routine having a really really nice bedroom you spend about a third of your life asleep well you should do Apparently you should do yeah you'll survive on three to four hours a night yeah but, you know you, you should be spending about a, a third of your life in your really? bedroom well, there's okay. two things uh, mark mayer our, our chairman we, we yeah. both of us talk about this there's two things you should be doing in your bedroom right one of them sleeping and the other one's with another human being. Okay. I'll say sex. Well, it's on Instagram. We can say sex. sex. We're allowed to. Yeah. They're, they're the only two things you should be doing in your bedroom, you know? Yeah. Um, remove devices from your bedroom. No totally. TVs in there. Make yeah. your bedroom a haven to sleep. Yeah. And the other activity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Really, really nice sheets. The yeah. comfiest pillows that you need for you to get a, go all out on your mattress and your yeah. sheets. And just make that look. Make it a place that you look forward to going. Yeah, to. it's like when you if you have booked, booked in to go to sort of I don't know Claridge's or something. You're like, oh my god, this bed was amazing. Make your bed like that. Don't wait <laughs> to have to save up to go to Claridge's or wherever you're going. Make your bed like that. It's so true. You just yeah. want to dive in and ah. <laughs> you you deserve to have an amazing bed to sleep in. Totally, you deserve yeah. it. Go yeah, and go yeah. and do it. If you can afford to do yeah. it, go and do it. If you can't For afford sure. it, push as much as you can to afford to just yeah. just make nice and dark, black it out. Yeah. Room temperature yeah. seventeen to nineteen degrees. Not too yeah. hot, not too cold. And um, just make it really, really comfortable. Yeah. All the and things start. that we actually do for our babies. But we don't actually yeah. do for ourselves. <laughs> well, this is the thing. You've got a little one, I've got a little one. Sleep bed routine at bedtime. Book yeah. bath the bath book bed. Yeah. Absolutely. We all know as par parents on this call will know <laughs> yeah. the three Bs yeah. that you need Definitely. to establish. Why do we stop doing that as adults? Yeah, no? absolutely. There's nothing yeah. wrong with, with, as adults, having a bath and reading yeah. a book and then going to bed. And that's all about establishing those habits that will send mm. those cues to your brain mm -hmm. that you're getting ready to go to sleep. Yeah. And then once you find, if you do that every night and you have a similar bedtime that you go to sleep every night, You'll wake up at the same time in the morning. You'll find yourself in a position where you don't actually really need an alarm clock. You start waking mm -hmm. up before it. Yeah. 
and it's just your body clock will kick in won't it yeah absolutely it's all about your circadian rhythm so your circadian rhythm is your your inner body clock okay and we've we've kind of we've got our inner body clocks out of check with street lamp and all of that we used to sleep very differently about two or three hundred years ago because we didn't have electricity and and all of this kind of stuff did we true yeah so we used to sleep very very differently so then we used to sleep when our bodies needed to sleep does that make sense yeah it does yeah yeah so it's when you're when you're tired and get yourself in the habit of this as well to go to sleep when you're tired as well there's a there's a brilliant guy matthew walker professor matthew walker he wrote a book called why we sleep i'm only going to your bedroom and sleep when you're tired and you have to establish establishing that healthy bedtime kind of stuff so to try and get into the habit of, of going to sleep at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. um but if you're not tired don't lie in your bed Okay. okay. If you've been lying in it, if it's getting to 20 minutes and you're, you're not falling asleep yet, unless you're reading a book, for example, and that's part mm-hmm. of your routine. If you're just lying there, get up, go downstairs, go and read a book, do something else until you start to feel tired and then go. Because what mm-hmm. you're trying to establish is a, a healthy routine. So your brain associates your bedroom with those two activities. Mm-hmm. And most of all, you want your yeah. brain to associate your bedroom with sleep. Yeah, I um, do. That's a why friend I talk about these tips. Yeah. And a friend of mine said to me, uh, uh, used a really good analogy, which I, I've just sort of stayed with me and actually has really helped me because I'm a real sort of like, you know, phone in my room, just checking my emails late at night, just checking on the Insta, who said what, you know, just, for the, and sometimes I'm there for an hour and I'm like, oh God, I've got into bed at 10 o'clock and it's now like, you know, half past 11. Um, but she said to me, it's, it's really good to think of it like, if you, would you have a can of Coke? last thing at night before you go to sleep and would you have a coke can of coke first thing in the morning when you wake up would it be the first thing you drink and i'm like absolutely not imagine what it does to your gut she was like that's what it's like that's what it's like for your phone for your brain for your, yeah. like, and i was like that's a really good way of thinking about it you know and i was like okay cool nope it's gonna stay outside my room yeah. <laughs> don't happen every night but i do try <laughs> blue light is daylight to your brain your right. brain doesn't can't distinguish between that light all your brain is doing yeah. is picking up stimuli so that's yeah. how your brain works. Your brain doesn't yeah. know that's your phone. Your brain is just picking up the blue light stimuli that's coming from your eyes. And so your brain thinks it's daylight. Yeah. So that's why you're not falling asleep. And yeah, if your brain definitely. thinks it's daylight, you, will, you won't go to sleep. Yeah. You might go to sleep, but sleep as well is all about quality sleep. And yeah. there's a difference between getting some sleep and not getting quality sleep. And yeah. sleep hygiene and setting up these nice healthy habits and stuff is, is all about getting a good night's quality sleep. Yeah. But also as well, what we've got to remember, particularly at the moment, is you know, we're in an unprecedented period at the moment. So if you're you're not doing these things, also don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. So if you're not managing to get to sleep at ten o'clock and you're waking up at the same time every morning that's okay Mm -hmm. just see if there's things that you can start to changing when you're ready to do it that mean that you'll be in a position to be able to do that it's very difficult for a lot of people at the moment a lot of people are struggling there's a lot of people i know that had healthy sleep times and now at the moment they're they're, you know they're they're up until after midnight and i'm I'm one of them occasionally the Mm -hmm. odd night that i'm Mm -hmm. up until after midnight you know what that's okay because self-awareness is always really important so as long as you're aware that that's what you're doing then do you know what? Cut yourself a slack. Cut yourself yeah. some slack. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just keep up that awareness in terms that you're doing it. And then as soon as you're ready to start making some change in terms of that, mm-hmm. then, you know, do that. It, yeah. It's about self-care and self-awareness. is all about being kind and gentle to yourself it as is. well. It we, is. we beat ourselves up about so much stuff in life. 
And you know, we really we we need to get better at that. We need to mm-hmm. get better at that self kindness. We treat, do. You're there's a right. saying, isn't it? Treat others how you would like to be treated. Flip it. I want to. Let's yeah. Give away. Treat yourself how you would treat other people. Speak yeah. to yourself the same way you speak to your best mates. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Um. So just bringing it back to the to the events industry specifically, I guess, kind of like mm. how what sort of goal do you have in mind for event? Well, kind of like to have what sort of impact on the event industry are you hoping to have? <sighs> yes, we've got lots of goals. We've got lots <laughs> yeah, of goals. I can lots imagine. So, I can imagine. Um, well, our, our our vision from the very beginning when we set up in 2017 was that we we wanted to make tangible change to the event industry's relationship with well-being. That's what we said. Mm-hmm. So that's our, yeah. that's actually our, our vision. Yeah, just, our, our mission is we're, we're the mental health and well-being voice of the industry. So mm-hmm. um, through our education and campaigning that we do every year. Um, but we have quite specific values and those values are um, empathy from an industry level, culture from a business level and then self-care from an individual level. Um, and we kind of say that by, by impacting on those three values in an industry, business and individual level, that's how we'll make those ta- that tangible change. So some of the solutions that we have and um, the way we work is we, we have membership and events and yeah. then we have our outreach because we're a social enterprise. So everything we do commercially via our events and membership base, that money, the profit and money that we make from that gets invested into our outreach. So Event Wellbeing Month this month is part of our education outreach. Um, we also have Event Well Pledge, which is part of our support outreach. And we have mm-hmm. info line as well, where people can come for help and advice and we'll signpost or just listen or just chat whatever people need. Um, and then pledge is peer pledges. So people are pledging at the moment financial support for anybody that might need it. Mm-hmm. And this is for anybody that needs it. You don't have to be in severe crisis to come to Event Well for support. You know, if, even if you just need a boost, if you've yeah. had a shit week, just come mm-hmm. to Event Well and come and have a chat, you know, because we'll help you and we'll help support you. But we've got people who are pledging financial support. Our, so, our industry can, work. Can I just ask, sorry, Helen, can I, can I just ask, so is it, is, is it that you actually, is it sort of like you phone up or you, you're in a chat room or, because I'm not a member, uh, but, you know, so I'm not quite sure how that side of things work. I know there's lots of talks. I've, I've been looking at lots of your talks and blogs and blogs and things over the last few months. But how does it work from, from if you do have something, you know, if you do feel like you wanted to talk to somebody, would you just reach out? Would you have to come and become a member or could you just reach out in other ways? You can just, so um, our outreach, our support, so event well info line and um, support is open okay. to anybody in the industry. Okay. That's part of our outreach work. Okay. Um, we do have a membership base. We would love everyone to be a member. Yeah. Um, and we have the Event World Manifesto on our Event World Champions program. Yes. So we've, we've signed got, that. Yes. Um, and this is this is our big this is our biggie mission in terms yeah. of what we want to do. I don't know if anybody that's listening has heard of um, or you've heard of Agenda Twenty Thirty. Yeah. You have heard of it. I've Excellent. heard of it. Yeah. There'll be people listening to this that won't have heard of it or even yeah, know what it is. Very true. Agenda 30, 2030 is linked to the Sustainable Development Goals, of which there are 17, of which mm-hmm. number three is linked to health and well-being. And 3.4 clause of number three specifically relates to mental health well-being. Okay. Um, the Agenda 2030 are basically called for the support of civil society. Now, Eventwell is a social enterprise. We're part of the civil society. Mm-hmm. Um, with charities and other social enterprises and incorporated charitable organisations. So as part of our commitment, um, we worked with Time to Change very closely um, this year, 
actually at the start of this yeah. year in the back end of last year to develop our manifesto the event one yeah. manifesto so it was it was written in conjunction with times change um, the original plan was people sign the event one manifesto and then they would walk to, work to sign towards the time to change employer pledge unfortunately because of things that have happened this year it's impacted not just the, it's obviously impacted every industry charitable mm. industry of course as well civil society yeah. um the employer pledge is now known more and will be coming mm. to an end at the end of this year and it it's at june it did it closed down for taking new people signing up to the pledge right so that kind of fell by the wayside but what we've replaced that with is our event world champions program okay. and our event world business membership so our event world business membership is set up to support we're not here to bang people around the head with clubs or sticks and say it's your fault kind of stuff we're, we're here to to handhold and support and our business membership offers a proactive workplace solution in terms to workplace well-being and time to change and this is how we wrote it have always worked around the six core standards um of the thriving at work framework so the kit six course mental health framework standards framework now that thriving at work review was written by lord stevenson and paul farmer paul farmer is a ceo of mind okay. and that's why a lot of their work works around these six core right. standards yeah. event world's work works around these six core standards there are nine in total actually but okay. we've decided we'll just take the six for now mm -hmm. just work Baby steps. And we'll, we'll look at the additional three a bit later <laughs> down the line yeah. so our champions program and our manifesto is, is written around these six core standards so we basically have set out our agenda as an organization in terms of how mental health and well-being can be improved in the industry and what we're encouraging businesses and employers and freelancers and, and sole entrepreneurs and stuff mm -hmm. to do as well is, is to sign the manifesto and come and join the movement. Mm -hmm. Okay. Commit to better mental health and well-being in the events industry. From the champions program, our business members have a certain amount of, of benefits that come as part of their membership. And that's event attendance. We've got a forum for our members. We've got open forums and conversations. We give them access to mental health first aid. Um, which is outside of the organisations, but also for freelancers so they can speak to yeah. a mental health first aider because you're not going to have that if you're a freelancer. And there's a lot no. of freelancers in our industry, yeah. you know, a lot of small businesses that don't have that. So we provide that to our business members. And each of our members will have an Event World Champion. Now, we train the Event World Champions around the six core, six core mental health standards framework. And we also train them in mental health awareness, which is different to the Mental Health First Aid England awareness course. Because we incorporate into that the creative circle and creative well-being. Because there's actually the cycle of an event and the cycle of planning an event that can look very different for people who are thriving and doing well and feeling mm -hmm. healthy and people who are not thriving and doing well and who are struggling. Um, so it looks very, very Wait, different. I got these toys for you. Aww. Aww. I got these flowers. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, darling. So, you know, it can it can look that creative circle, that creative well being can look very, very different for people who are thriving and people who are yeah. surviving, as we would mm -hmm. say, mental health talk. So we teach our event world champions in terms of mental health awareness, common mental health conditions, what the creative circle looks like for people who are struggling, so that they can spot that in a in a colleague. As part of the 2030 agenda, we've committed or we're making a commitment to have an event world champion in every event business by 2030. So we're wow. giving ourselves 10 years to achieve that goal. And it's a, it's a pretty big goal, but you know, 
we're 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 here for the long haul. We ain't going anywhere. Um, and we're here to support the industry and make it Amazing. a place for all of us. And we yeah. believe that by having an event world champion, which is a proactive measure, and the event world champion would work with your mental health first aider because it's important to have mental health first aiders as well. Yeah. But what we kind of say is don't just have a mental health first aider in your business and think that that's going to solve you any mental health or well-being concerns you have for your team because it won't because it's a fantastic resource and everybody has a right to mental health first aid as they do physical first aid, but it's a very reactive resource, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. People are only going to go to a mental health first aider if they're struggling. Mm -hmm. And what we yeah. want to impact is educating and supporting and helping people before they're struggling. Before the struggle our, gets our bad. Champions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, with, I mean, our event world champions, they have a green lanyard that they would work, work and we encourage them to have that. And they've got their event world champions card that's got signposting um, yeah. measures on the back. But just by wearing a green lanyard in the workplace, it sends out that subliminal mm -hmm. subconscious message that yeah. it's, it, as soon as you see it, it's like we, we talk about mental health and well-being in our in this organization yeah. in this business we have an open culture and just yeah. that simple thing and it's that and it's that is actually one of the six core standards okay. um, to have open yeah. conversations workplace culture have a workplace well-being yeah. plan routinely check in on employees make sure that you're checking on the mental health and well-being all yeah. of these kind of things are all written into those six core standards so yeah. that's that's pretty much what we're that whole, that's how the, our business plans and our manifesto and our champions program all comes into one. That it's, sounds it's like an ambitious, a, it's, it's an ambitious it's, aim. It's fantastic. No, it's phenomenal. And you've got to aim high, haven't you? You've got to just go big. But, and like just said, break it down into the steps, into kind of baby steps so that you could, it, it, it's achievable. It is achievable if you've got the people around you. Now, we're, 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 we're a force to be reckoned with, not just as human beings, but event planner human beings. <laughs> so yeah. you were surrounded by the right people. And, and as, as an employer myself, you know, we're only, you know, we're a small business in relation, in relation to some of these big agencies out there, you know, but um, um, just as important. And we are a very open culture. And, you know, I'm sure my team would agree. And I think there's some really small things that we've started doing. And we're actually, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've just started talking about getting one of having some training for our team to be um, well-being ambassadors. We're, we're calling them, but, you know, I get, you know, the same sort of thing. So I'll definitely be looking into your courses as well. It'd be fantastic. Um, but little things, you know, in the office, getting ourselves and going back to your kind of like, you know, the kind of like the action and, and nutrition and sleep and that sort of stuff, you know, and we do things in the office really small, you know, I, instead of kind of like, you know, spending huge amounts of money, lovely, lovely snacks in the in the office healthy snacks like, so that everyone gets a nice kind of like an apple that you know a, a, some, some carrots really small things like that that just go a long way to 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 their day's work you know and we do you know we do little kind of like uh, squats every every day at three o'clock and everyone stands up and kind of like we put on a song and we're like start doing squats as a team just really small things that, <laughs> that go a long way as well as having open conversations you know and our tuesday morning meetings start with you know, a really short period of mindfulness, um, you know, just five, 10 minutes um, that we can all just kind of like come back into ourselves and just sit for a few minutes before yeah. we start getting all kind of, you know, because some of these meetings, as you know, can get all a bit crazy, you know, in, a, in the event world and we're all kind of like, you know, high energy. Um, so just to kind of like come back and just sit in ourselves for a few minutes with ourselves um, actually has had a really lovely effect. Um, and certainly during COVID, I think it's really important. We found, I think my team have found as well they're just staying connected um which has been the hardest part especially being remote you know we're a tight small team you know with an office in town we haven't been to since march um and so to connect 
is a really beautiful thing <laughs> without you know yeah. really isn't it yeah talking to people yeah connection you know what connection is really important it's really mm. important to us as as human beings as people as yeah. individuals as groups of people yeah. um yeah. it 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 is so important it's one of the five ways of well-being as well connect yeah um so you know keeping up and that's one of the the most important things that you can do for your well-being is is your friends and family it's recognizing that those relationships yeah. you have with your friends your family um work colleagues and stuff you know they're, they are mm -hmm. they are in, important yeah. um so make sure yeah. that they're healthy ones yeah and make sure that you invest in them to ensure that they are healthy ones yeah. you know any relationships that are neglected will ultimately go down the roof that they're not healthy and they're not supportive. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it is, don't, don't make your life all about work. That's what happened to me in 2009. True. I had my burnout. You know, everything I did was all about work. I, I spent the majority of my time at work. And the, yeah. only, the only thing I was doing when I was coming home was going, going to bed and sleeping mm -hmm. because I, I was entertaining clients every evening. I worked in venues, so any mm -hmm. venue people that's done proactive sales for venues will know the pain of working in a venue and how relentless office all day the, um, and then schmoozing all night all yeah schmoozing and everyone night. would always think it was such a great job oh you've been just drinking yeah. all night it's tough <laughs> yeah it's really yeah. do you know what it's really hard yeah and especially when you've had a couple of drinks as well and if you have mm -hmm. a, you have a week as well where you've got and i never never with with customers and clients so i would never get sloshed with customers and clients no, although sure. there are one or two that you do um but it, it's just, it, it's, it gets to the, the lack of sleep and you start to feel mm. that lack of sleep because you literally, and ridiculously, I mean, I used to work at the Barbican Centre. So I used we the love the Barbican. We use the Barbican a lot, actually. We're using it in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But from a proactive perspective, I'll just give you an example of this. So mm. we used to spend, I used to spend most of the week travelling up and down the country because I was the only BDM at the time. This is before they okay. had the big team that they have now. Yeah. So the only BDM at the time. I'd spend days traveling up and down, going on international, going to international exhibitions and represent. I was a face of the Barbican thing. And then you, you're doing that all day. And then the evening, the Barbican is a beast of a venue to show clients around. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can take you an hour to two hours to do that part before you've yeah. even sat down to have a drink with them. So yeah. if you imagine that's six o'clock, six, half past six before your clients have come in, it, it's you well looking at kind of half past eight to quarter to nine before you're sitting down to dinner which means that it's another two hours so it, it's gone past 11 o'clock by the time you finish that day yeah. you know there are times where you have a few more drinks so you're not leaving there until yeah no, quite late or you go on right. somewhere else it's full on up, isn't it particularly in london yeah it is so it's full it's, on absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. full on and when you're doing that day after day after week after week after week without giving yourself a break and that's, you know, it can be hard for venue people as well. And I get this totally because obviously I've been there and I feel it. When you're given such stringent targets in terms of how many appointments you've got to do in a week or a month and, that, and you're doing everything you possibly can to try and achieve those targets. Mm -hmm. without, I mean, we never question them. Mm -hmm. Never question them at all. And when you're asked by your manager and stuff, how are you doing? How are you getting on with your targets and stuff? And it's always, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's great. Never once. And this is, this is the whole thing about self-care and and, and we, we talk we talk about this a lot is respecting your boundaries mm -hmm. so it's having an awareness of what you need to look after your self-care mm -hmm. and you know what protecting it absolutely yeah. protecting it like a ferocious animal we're, we're mummy bears protect your your boundaries mm -hmm. like you would your child yeah. because that's yeah. your self-care 
that's yeah. your mental health and well-being if you don't Absolutely. respect your boundaries we've got to learn to say not so much no but positive no so yeah. if there's anything if you can't do something for a colleague or for a boss say can't do that today too yeah. much on this week i can do it for you next week no reasonable boss no reasonable boss or manager is going to react badly to that at all yeah. okay no, you're right. if, if they want it done sooner a reasonable boss or employer will go and ask somebody else if they can do it yeah but if you're exactly. the person and there's always one in every team if you're the person that says yes to everything you know what's going to happen people are just going to keep coming to you because yeah. you said yes that's that so or just keep coming and then to you're you going to and then it's and then it's just and then all going to get overloaded. You're drowning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you end up to the point where you're drowning. You're overwhelmed. Yeah. You can't you can't see the, yeah. the wood for the trees, kind of. And, and you end up stressed. And all that comes down to is that ability of us to to not be able to manage our boundaries better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And managing your boundaries is all about if you want to have an early night, make sure you have an early night. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. If you have interests out of work, and I always say this for mental health and well-being. In our industry, we've got a lot of passionate people. Now yeah, we do. There's a statement that says, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I argue with that. <laughs> there I is that statement. That. I argue with that, yes. plug in. I, yeah, because I kind of say that um, if you're passionate about something, you, you will give it more. Yeah. You will give it more attention. You'll give it more of your time because it's your baby. It's your passion. You love doing it. And that's what a lot of us are in the events industry are like. We love our industry and we love what we do. Mm-hmm. because it, it is phenomenal it's a phenomenal industry so what we do as professionals is just I, i've loved this industry from the moment i've worked in it and i but i've had my struggles in the industry mm-hmm. and it's my love for this industry that has kept me in it because yeah. after 2009 i could have quite easily have gone do you know i, I can't do this anymore Sorry. but i didn't i stayed yeah. in it because I, I love i love what i do yeah. but it does mean that you will push yourself harder so mm-hmm. you know what when you when you're passionate and you love something you will work a day in your life because you'll give it more of your you attention will. You so will. what i tend to say is do you know what if you're passionate and you love what you do you need to find something that you're passionate and you love what you do outside of work as well because that will help you to switch off mm-hmm. so yeah, find find definitely. and learn musical instruments get get do drama theater yeah. do find something else creative outside that taps of into your creativity in a different way yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so you can drive some of that creative mm-hmm. passion into something yeah. else and yeah. then it'll yeah. be like and you have a release don't you you have that release so you actually so it becomes self-care yeah absolutely yeah. and yeah. then protect yeah. that passion that you have outside yeah. of the industry as well yeah um yeah. so that's what what boundaries and when we talk about boundaries absolutely that's kind of stuff we talk about yeah so if you had all the power in the world for a day or longer what would you do what thing one thing would you do to kind of uh, help the event industry become more healthy um do you know if i had all the power in the world i would change everyone's attitudes towards self-care um you know i would add and and to stigma um if i had all the power in the world if i had magic superpowers I, I would remove stigma from our industry so that, that people ask for the help that they want. There are organisations now that event well, there's, there's balancing edges, there's stress matters, there's all of these organisations that are offering support um, to the industry. We're here to help. Yeah. There shouldn't, we want to try and remove that barrier that will stop some people from coming to those organisations that have been set up specifically to help. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's no stigma, there's no shame in any of these organisations or any of the work that Event World does. You know, it's we, we will not judge, we will not question, we are there to help and advise people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's my 
biggest thing you know is is that rhetoric that has caused so much stigma and shame in our industry for people that that that's that's my magic wand would would get rid of that and create much more make people just feel safe to ask for the help that they need to before they've got down to the line where that's it you know when you hear stories about event professionals that have um died by death by suicide you know Mm -hmm. it's it's heartbreaking particularly when event well and what we do it's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. to hear that when you hear from a colleague that they know somebody who's passed away because of that and it's we shouldn't we shouldn't be an industry that accepts that we we let that happen absolutely not yeah which is why we need to make a noise which is why the noise that you're making is just so wonderfully positive. And Helen, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, we've, we've gone massively over the half an hour we normally do, which, but it's just been so interesting talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you're you. definitely uh, very passionate about this and, and, and it, it just oozes out of you, which is obviously why it's been such a success. So um, thank you so much. Um, I'll let you get back to your okay. little four-year-old. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who clearly wants some mummy attention. Um, so enjoy your, enjoy your three Bs. Um, and yeah. I hope the rest of um, the event world month goes well. I know you've only got a few a few more days left, um, and we follow you very closely. And um, for those of you that are watching, it's eventwell.org. Please go. You've got so much information on there. You know all sorts of vlogs and blogs and posts and stories and you know contacts, people to talk to. And that's the most important thing, right? Just yeah. open your mouth and talk to somebody. Reach out if you are struggling in any shape or form. Um, because there is always someone out there who will listen and who will point in the right direction if they can't help right fabulous yes lovely yes thank you thank you so much helen have a lovely evening you too thank you take care Bye -bye. Bye. bye bye thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed our chat we'll be back next time with another brilliant guest and more in-depth chats with a glass of something in hand so until then if you'd like more information about us and what we do head over to plainjaneevents.com or you can find us on Instagram at Plain Jane Events. See you next time. Bye.